Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. And it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who was a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. Um, man, I just want to keep reading. <laughs> That's your homework, guys. We're going to keep, keep reading the rest of chapter 1. Um, but... Paul is greeting the church immediately, right here in verse 1 and and 2, right? Um, And this is great because Paul never came, he never gave the gospel to this church. He never went and planted the the church there. Um, In fact, he never even visited. He loves these guys and he's praying for them often. It's just so cool. But look at verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, right? Um, And uh, it says, by the will of God and Timothy, so he's with Timothy, and, but he says an apostle, right? 81 times this word apostle is mentioned in the New Testament, and it carries the idea of a messenger, one who's sent out, right? And Paul is a messenger of the will of God. We know that from Acts chapter 9 and 10, right? The, on the road to Damascus. Um, and note Paul's apostleship, by the way, uh, was by the will of man. It was not by the will of, or I'm sorry, the will of God. It wasn't by the will of man. That's what I get for looking at my notes. Um, but it, it wasn't. It was not something Paul desired, right? Because he came kicking and scratching, right? And God said, "Is it's hard for you to kick against the goads, Paul? Come on, buddy." Um, and, but we have the tendency when we come to Jesus Christ of thinking, you know, that we're so wonderful. Lord, look at all the degrees I got. Look at the money I got. Look at the popularity. Or look at me and look what I can do for you. And and that's not the case at all Um, we need to realize we are called by the will of God Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 um, it says just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love you guys he chose us right we didn't choose him and say Lord okay here's the deal right no 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 we he chose us, right? Um, in fact, but re- we realize, you know, we are free moral agents as believers, and so we're still responsible. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, uh, Joshua cho- he, he told the children of Israel, he, say, he said, if it seems evil to, uh, to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day to whom you will serve right it was a choice back then and it's a choice today not just the choice that you made 20 years ago it's a daily choice right that we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus and that's not easy is it right that cross is heavy it stinks right <laughs> man it hurts and and uh, but 
It's not about us. It's about him. And, and I love that about the Lord. In fact, Romans chapter 10, verse 13, uh, it shows that we have a choice in the matter. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 um, it says, uh, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So Paul's greeting also involves the will of God. And I love that being an apostle involves being in the will of God. And in a broad sense, you know, if you think of it, we're all... Uh, apostles in that sense because we've all been sent out right on a mission if you're a believer in Christ and hopefully I'm talking to the church here um, we are sent out right to go and do what proclaim the gospel and so in a sense we we hold that aspect of an apostle and so uh, if we're truly a follower of Jesus Christ we are going to be in the will of God right we're going to be doing the will of God and following Jesus Christ it's not about you know our wants and our will but it's about his and what he wants to do and so doing whatever he wants is always it's interesting too because it's not always good in our eyes right we we think okay god um here I am, and this is where I'm going to go. So I'm praying for this place. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to take you over there. In fact, I'm going to bring you over there, and I'm going to crush you. <laughs> right? You're like, what was that for? It, well, he has to train us and prepare us and bring maturity to us, right? And, and if you're like me, God has to smack me all the time. It's like, oh, what was that? Oh, sorry, Lord. That's right. I, I brought that along with me, right? Oh, that too. Oh, man. <laughs> and he's constantly, you know, his word is just, ugh. But Jesus set that pattern for us. If you guys remember in the garden, um, uh, or I'm sorry, the Mount of Olives, you guys remember in Luke 22, verse 42, uh, he's saying, he's praying and he's saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that should be our prayer, guys, that, Lord, here's, here's my will. This is really what I want to do. But, Lord, nonetheless, it's, it's your will. And that's where I'm going to walk. That's where I'm going to point my feet. My direction is your word. And wherever you have me, there I am, right? That should be our hearts. And a, a true follower of Christ will do the word or the, the will of God, regardless of the consequences, regardless of uh, really the calamities that are going to come our way. And guys, guess what? As believers, the forecast, it's not looking good. I'm not talking about the weather. <laughs> when I'm reading through the word, it's not looking good. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they take away our money, right? And we only have credit card or digital, whatever it is. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a war that breaks out next, right? Or a rumor of wars, right? Um, there's a lot going on. Um, just last night, I was watching a little YouTube clips on, you know, things going around the world and specifically landslides uh, around, you know, the last week. Had just just mud and everywhere. The you look at the earthquakes, you look at the flooding, you look at the locusts eating up everywhere. Uh, on the other side, you look at our weather. I mean, we've got this crazy dust storm that came by, and uh, man, there's so much happening. But what are these things happening for? See, as believers, see the world's like ah, but as believers, we're looking up 
to Jesus, right? Why? Because these are signs. These are some things, things that he gave us to look to him all the more, right? He's proving and showing himself uh, faithful to us, and I love that. But going back to the ministry, going back to uh, Paul being an apostle in the will of God, uh, it's not always good. It's not always happy and, you know, dancing with joy. Uh, in fact, Paul, uh, it, he, man, he always, following the will of God, seemed to always land him in jail, right? Everywhere he traveled, he's like, hey, how's the food in prison there, right? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he knew he was going to be in prison, right? He had that prison ministry, but every, uh, just, I don't know. But doing the will of God, it's not always pleasant, It's not always fun, but it's perfect. It's the place God has you in, and it's his will, right? Not our will, it's his will. And I love that about the Lord. Let's come to the second thing here. Um, It involves the saints of God. Notice in verse 2, it says, To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. So the, the greeting is involving the saints of God, right? The word saints is used 230 times in the New Testament. And it means to be set apart. Guys, you've been given your life, right? Jesus Christ has given you your life for what? To be set apart from the world and the things of it, right? And, and in fact, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Um, as apostles and saints, we're, we're to be set apart for the will of God, right? Um, no, there's not apostles like there was back then, right? But, but in a sense, we're, we're sent out. And we're to be set apart from the world and the things of the world. And I'm not going to use this. You guys can help me out back there if you want. It's not working. Um, but 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 14. It says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in, in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Guys, it's, God is in you. If you came to the Lord, if you received the gospel, he's in us, right? Colossians 1.27, it says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Jesus Christ, he sent his spirit to dwell in you and I. So uh, Romans 8.11, Acts uh, 5.32, right? And 2 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 17. It says, uh, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So we're not to touch the things that are unclean. Why? Because we're saints, right? We're, we're, we're a whole nother breed. Guys, we were uh, worldly, right? We were doing things worldly, but when we came to Christ, we took on a whole new nature, right? We're a new creation 
in Christ Jesus. And all the old's passed away. It's only Christ in us now that's doing the performance, if you will, right? We, we just, we're allowing the Lord to do what he wills. And sometimes he's doing stuff and using you in a way where it's like, oh, uh, I would never have done that. But then later on, you're like, thank you, Lord, for using me in that area, right? Uh, but it's, it's very interesting. It's not about our will. It's not about us. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, uh, the word of the Lord came to Zerubbabel. And what did he say? He said, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And I love that. So it's not about us. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Um, back to Colossians. It says uh, in verse 2, let me get there really quick. Um, so grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it involves grace, the grace of God. And uh, notice grace and peace, typically, it's a typical greeting right here, obviously, right? Grace, 156 times it's mentioned in the New Testament, uh, meaning unmerited favor, getting what we don't deserve. And peace, that's that tranquility, that harmony, right? Uh, that safety, and grace, remember, is always first before peace. You can never have the peace of God until you first make the peace with God, right? And, and so the only way we can make peace with God is by how? The grace of God. And it, I can't work at making peace with God. It's God's grace that brings salvation to you and I. And we know this, right? What is it? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, by, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so once you received his grace, well, you received his peace as well. You, you can't explain it, right? It surpasses our, our own, all our understanding, but it guards our hearts as well. There's so much about the peace of God where it's if anything, we need that right now. Amen, church? It's like, oh, man, Lord, we need you. But and his peace guards not only our hearts, but it guards our minds, which is amazing because it's so easy for us to just panic, right, and, and go off of the things of the world. And um, kind of like what I mentioned, that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are wars how, are the, how, are, how is it going to be possible that there's going to be rumors of wars? People are going to be deceived thinking they're at war, uh, and it could be the media, right? And so it's so easy that we can believe things, and we got to just stick to the word. Amen, church? we got to just come back to the word. Let the word guide us and direct us. Uh, because remember, we're, we're a new creation, right? We're not that old person anymore. Um, but... There's only one way to receive God's grace. And some of you guys are not going to like this, but the Bible is very, very clear. James chapter 4, verse 6, uh, 1 Peter 5, 5, what does it say? It says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the, the humble, right? And our problem is, well, it's pride. It's self-sufficiency. I got this. I got it, right? Um, I, I joke around with my wife all the time because she's right there. And my hands are probably all filled up, right? Just grocery shop, and I got all, every finger has 15 bags, and I, right? And she's right there, but the door needs to be open, and I'm like, 
uh, uh, I got it. And she's like, seriously? <laughs> That's just our nature, right? We have that pride, self-sufficiency. We want to do things on our own. Um, and and uh, it just, it's amazing. But we're going to look at Paul giving thanks to God now for the church of Colossae. And I love this in verse 3 and on. Uh, but verse 3 to 6, Paul gives thanks to the Lord for the church corporately, right? And then in verses uh, 7 and 8, uh, Paul gives thanks to the Lord for a saint. And singularly, right? We got the, the corporately and singularly. But look at verse 3. Uh, it says, We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. So the word give thanks, by the way, is in the present tense. Uh, Paul was constantly, continually giving thanks. Uh, and, and the word means the act of giving thanks, right? Showing, showing our gratefulness. And just like, you know, how we thank the Lord before we taught this morning, right? Or before we eat. I don't know about you guys, but that's my tradition since I was a kid. It's, there's food right there, and I'm the Lord, thank you, right? Um, it's just, that's a good thing. We're to be grateful in all things, not just, you know, the, our food. But why was Paul so thankful for the church of Colossae? I think there's three reasons why. Um, in verse 3 and 4, look at verse 4 as well. It says, since, well, let's read verse 3 again. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. And so um, notice Paul was thankful for the church of Colossae, number one, because of what? Their faith in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you guys caught that. Their faith was where? In Jesus Christ. And I love it. In fact, turn to Romans chapter 12. Um, Romans chapter 12, I just want to show you something really quick. Look at verse 3. It says, For I say through the grace given to me, Paul says to the church of, uh, of Rome here, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, and here it is, a measure of, of faith. Very interesting. Every one of us has faith. God has given every one of us a measurement of faith. And everyone came in this morning, you guys all had faith. You used your faith this morning. When you when you sat down in that pew, right? You just went curse splat, right? You didn't even think of it falling down and you're gonna, there was no fear. You just bloop Right? You had faith that thing was going to hold you up. We all have faith and we all use our faith, but we need to place our faith in Jesus. You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 it says for by the grace for by grace you have been saved through faith and notice by the way it's not by you're not saved because you believe in God and his existence you're not saved just because it's you're saved where does your salvation come from 
Jesus, yes, yes, but by faith, right? Did you, did you see that in Ephesians 2, 8, 9? And, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, but you're saved by faith. And where we're putting that faith really matters for your soul eternally. And, and really, grace and faith, if you think about it, they're gifts from God that he's given us. And so all of us have faith. And the question is, where are we putting our faith? We're all putting our faith somewhere right and most of the time we're putting it in ourselves and our own strength and you know what we think and uh, what we're capable of doing Uh, but people put their faith in their checking account people even put their faith in the church guys don't do that (laughs) I've done that and I uh, man the Lord had to like let me show you something Josh that was one of those things right and I was like oh I'm sorry but we're never told in the word to put our faith in each other or put our trust in each other Psalm 118 verse 8 what do we do we trust in the Lord not in the princes and the men and the people around us right Um, we trust in the Lord with all our heart we don't lean on our own understanding but we always acknowledge the Lord right in all our ways he's going to direct us he's got us right he's got this Um, and So we need to put our our faith in Jesus Christ alone, right? He's the object in which we put our faith, right? Don't put your faith in a pastor, by the way. We're, we're, We're men. And like every man, we're capable of the most horrendous sins you guys could think of. That's amazing, isn't it? So don't ever put your faith in man. Don't put your faith in your pastor. Don't put your faith anywhere else but in Jesus. It's an amazing place to be. Don't, don't put your faith in your own good works. Don't put your faith in the things you've done uh, or who you've been or where you've been or all of that stuff. It starts and it finishes with Jesus Christ and him alone. Amen, church? He's the author and the finisher of our faith, right? So note, by the way, go back to Colossians um, Colossians, look at verse 4. It says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. See, Paul was thankful for this church for what? Number one, their love for all the saints. And so it's a beautiful thing when you walk into a church and you just feel loved right away. Don't you guys love that? It's like, ah, you're greeted with, you know, that love, and I love that. Um, I love that about you guys. But notice it says, it was, it was there, love for all the saints. I don't know if you guys caught that. I caught that, and I was like, uh, hmm, something to question in my own heart, right? Um, in fact, turn to 1 John, go all the way to the end, 1 John chapter 4. Their love was for all the saints, and it not, not just for the ones that they like, not just for the ones that, you know, they got along with, or it's, it's easy for us to get along with those people that are nice to us. Uh, it's easy for us to love those that love us, or those that walk like us, and dress like us, and talk like us, right? Uh, but what about the rest of those stinkers? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, they are people just as much as we are right but what about those that are not so lovable you might find those in your life that are difficult to love you might say man it's it's just tough to love them no it's not it's just so difficult no it's not you know what it is 
It's impossible, right? It's impossible to love. Why? Because we are not capable of that unconditional love, right? It's only Christ in us who is able to then to love them. We can't do it. It's impossible. We need that agape love, right? That selfless, sacrificial, spiritual type of love that only comes from the love of God, right? From being a believer and, and dwelling with the Lord. Um, but look at First John chapter 4. Look at verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Him, through him. Colossians 1.27, in this is love, or I'm sorry, to them God willed to make known what are the riches and the glory of this mystery to the Gentiles. What was it? It was the, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, right? So we can't work at it or for it, this love. It's something that happens naturally in our, supernaturally, right? In our hearts as believers. And so First John, look at chapter 4, verse 10. It says, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see, God's love will enable us. It will empower us to love others. And those that are not lovable, uh, man, it's, it's got to be the love of God working in us, right? And through us. Amen, church? Um, and Paul thanked God for the church at Colossae, that they had faith in God and that they loved one another. And I love that. Um, in fact, turn all the way to your left to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Just got done reading this in my, uh, I'm going to my devotional time with the Lord through John. I love it. Um, but let's look at why this topic is so important Uh, In John chapter 13, you guys remember Jesus has been teaching the disciples for three years. They've been walking and following him. He's doing all these miracles, all this stuff, and they're in awe and wow. And every night they're thinking, man, this is going to last for the rest of our lives. And this, we got it made, right? And all of a sudden, you know, he hears, um, who was it? The, there were some Gentiles that wanted to come and see him, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus knew, all of a sudden, my hour has come, right? Something popped up, and he just knew it. And immediately, he knew, uh, okay, this is it. And, and now, he began to wash the disciples' feet, right? He began to show his love physically, and humbled himself, really, he's the king, we ought to be washing his feet, but yet he washes their feet, and they're in John chapter 13, but look at verse 35, he says, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another, I love that, if you have love for one another, it's proof, really, that you're a follower of Jesus Christ, right, and if you don't love all the saints. What did we just read in First John chapter four? Well, uh, that you don't—if you don't love God—and and, then his his love is not flowing in and through you, right? Um, 
And that's scary. I would really question, uh, and it's okay to question, by the way. If you've given your life to the Lord, you know, so much years ago, uh, it's okay to take a pause and, and reflect and realize, you know, is the Lord really in my life? You know, take, take, take your salvation seriously and consider uh, where you're standing with him because it's a fearful thing to be in the presence of the Lord, right? Um, and and uh, it's a good thing. Um, but let's go back to Colossians. I think you guys get that point. Um, Colossians, go back to Colossians 1. Um, look at verse 5. It says, Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, which you heard before in the word of the, tr- of the truth of the gospel. Uh, in fact, stop there. What, what was their, their reason for putting their faith in the Lord and for loving others? Well, it was their hope of heaven. Guys, they were looking forward to the future glory that lies ahead, right? When, they, when we die, guys, we're present with the Lord immediately. It's like you see each other right now, and all of a sudden you're in the presence of God. That's how, it's amazing how quick it is, right? And it's like, ah, oh, yes, <laughs> right? I can't wait. But they knew one day that, that they were going to be in heaven with Jesus, right? And they lived their lives in light of that hope and in faith and in love. In fact, turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, this hope is based on really the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, Christianity, apart from the resurrection of Jesus, is is really nothing uh, without the resurrection of Jesus. It's no different than any other religion in the world. Uh, Every other religion in the world serves a dead God. I'm sorry if you're in here, but it's true, right? Christianity, who do we serve? We serve the living God. He's alive, right? And because he rose again the third day look at first peter chapter one um, look at verse three it says blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has oh according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Amen, church? I don't know about you, but I love reading that verse. Yes! Uh, But they, they knew that they would be in heaven. Why? Because while Jesus rose again, right? Because of the resurrection, they knew. As a result of that, they lived every single day of their lives in the hope of this, their resurrection as well. One day, we're going to see the Lord, right? And, and their focus in life was based on the hope of heaven, basically, right? And thus, they were a blessing temporarily on earth. In fact, um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse where is it 18 it says well we do not look at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things that are seen are temporary but the things which are not seen are eternal right so we we look to the lord we look to the things that are eternal we don't look to the things that are temporal and our problem is we get our focus off the eternal and thus become not so much a, a blessing to others right and and we start to look at the physical uh, instead of the spiritual and i understand guys we have 
issues, right? We got marriage issues, financial issues, and we got all these issues and tissues and all that stuff, right? I understand all that, but we begin to focus on these things and we, we're, 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 instead of focusing in our hope on Jesus Christ, right? Don't let your issues and the things and the circumstances and all that that's caving in, don't let that be where you're looking. Guys, we look to who? To Jesus, right? In the midst of all that, we're, we're going to go through trials and tribulations. Amen, church? John, what is that, 1633? It's a promise from God. And if you're one of those people who are like, I hold to the promises of God, right? Well, there's a promise you probably don't like, but, you know, but, but it's true. We're going to go through all this stuff. But, hey, rest assured, the Lord's with us, right? He's faithful. He's powerful. He's God. He's the Alpha, the, 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 the Omega, the beginning and the end, right? Revelation 119, 116. But he, he knows all things. He chose you for this time to be alive for a reason, right? And this is your time to grow in him, but also to be used by him, right? Because it's his will be done and not our will be done. So what I love about the Lord is, man, he's faithful in spite of my faithfulness. Isn't that crazy? I could be the most unfaithful person in the entire world, and all of a sudden, he, there he is showing his faithfulness. It's like, oh, right? It's that, oh, you guys know that feeling? Oh, I hate that feeling. But I love that feeling, right? Oh, I don't know how to explain it. But, um, so, Paul just talked about faith. He talked about hope. He talked about love. And all three of these stem from where? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, in verse 5, again, go back to Colossians. Um, he says in verse 5, um, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So uh, only the gospel can bring forth a life full of faith, hope, and love. It's through the gospel, guys. There's one work that we can do, and it's, it's all been paid for, uh, and it's the work of just believing in who Jesus is. He did all the work, right? We can't even pay anything. We can't do anything. All we can do is say, Lord, I believe in you, right? And what you did on the cross. When he went to the cross, what did he do? Well, he willingly laid down his life, right? He willingly. I'm sure the soldiers are like, uh, he's putting his hand out. He's ready for us. Are we going to hold his hand like all the other guys? Nope, he willingly just, there you go, there you go, right? He willingly took it all for us. For, why? Because of the things that we did wrong, he will write those things off. Why? Because of his blood. The blood that shed from Jesus, perfect sinless man who is God, that sin covers our, or I'm sorry, our sin, right? That blood covers our sin. And now it's as far as the east is from the west. Guys, it's gone. It's thrown in the sea of unforgetfulness. It's, I don't, it's not there, right? We're not tricking God. He knows what he was doing from the very beginning. Before he even created the world, he had it all written out. And he had it all planned. And you today are part of that plan. Isn't that cool? And it's just, it's amazing. Uh, but... First um, Peter chapter three verse five. It's talking about that resurrection, right? That that he rose again. In Titus chapter two verse thirteen, it says, "Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ." In fact, in Ephesians chapter two verse eleven, it says, "Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who." are called on circumcision by what is called the circumcision made by 
the flesh or in the flesh by hands that at that time you were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world guys realize there is nothing you and I can do to obtain this hope of heaven right remember there is no deed or 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 anything that we can do as believe we, we haven't accomplished anything we can't it's but it, he already did it he already won guys we're, we're walking in as victorious christians isn't that cool um so it's all based on his finished work on the cross and the resurrection, right? The death, burial, and resurrection of what Jesus Christ has done for you and I. And guys, how much does it cost? Well, it cost him everything, but how much does it cost you? Nothing. All it, I mean, you've got to be really prideful to be like, oh, I'm not going to take that free gift. My whole eternal salvation in heaven, no way, right? Uh-uh. I mean, get over here, right? You just want to, uh, but it's not by the flesh, right? It's in the spirit. got to love them, right? But, man, free gift, guys. I don't know about you, but I love free stuff. I go on Facebook Marketplace, right? And I, oh, I don't want to get into it, but I just pray for my wife. I bring back stuff, and she's like, uh-uh, you're not bringing that in here. That's why we have a ping-pong table down in the children's ministry now. Um, it's true. It's true. Um, but so let's get back to our text. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Look at verse 6. So Paul also thanked God that they were bearing fruit. They're bearing fruit. Look at verse 6. It says, which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruits as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. So this fruit is speaking about salvation growth, if you will, right? Um, speaks of the, uh, salvation practically. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. So we are to center our lives, how? Based on the gospel. Guys, we are to share the gospel with all of those around us, since it's only the gospel that can bring fruit in people's lives, amen? It's not us. We can't bring fruit in people's lives. And the gospel is not, it's not smoke and lights and gizmos and gadgets and projectors, and you guys get the point? It's not about all the visual. It's, it's by faith we come to Christ, not by sight, right? A lot of churches have that wrong, uh, and we, we got to bring it back to the gospel. It's about the power of God onto salvation, and so our fellowship, guys, I love our fellowship because everything that we do, it's centered around the gospel. Oh, we're going to do this because we want to reach out to the lost, right? We're going to do this. The men's taking study, the women's, the, the teaching. Guys, it's always the word of God going forth. Why? Our heart is for the gospel to go out, right? We're to center all things around the gospel, and so are we centering our hearts around the gospel are we centering our minds around the gospel are you, do you have that, pre, that the shoes of prep uh, preparation really of giving the gospel every day are you ready is it are you like let's go let's go come on come on right like the football players they're waiting right there in line right and they're like come on say hike say hike come on oh, they didn't say hike oh sorry oh right right that should be us we wake up in the morning and be like oh lord please use me use me lord i don't know about you guys but i have dreams and i'm giving the gospel and i wake up and i'm like oh it was a dream <laughs> does that count <laughs> i don't know but 
Um, but we need that, right? And uh, so let's, let's come, Paul, Paul's thankfulness to the church corporately, it involved faith, it involved love, and in fruit, right? And so uh, now in verse 7 and 8, look at verse 7, it says, As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. So, um, Paul gives thanks to God for this saint, right? Uh, this only one saint, singular, right? His name is Epaphras. And Epaphras, if you guys remember, he started the church there in Colossae, uh, in, in, uh, in the house of Philemon. Um, and Epaphras went to Paul in, in, in the Roman guard house, not the Mamertine prison, but no doubt he told Paul about all the problems that were going on. Because remember, in that time, if you guys remember, this is kind of why Colossians is written. Um, you got the mysticism going on. Remember, they believed um, everything spiritual was not tangible, basically, right? It was, if it's physical, it's not spiritual. And so thus, Jesus couldn't be God because he came in the flesh, right? And so they believe, wait a minute, no, he actually was God, but he wasn't in the flesh. And so they denied that Jesus was even, you know, born among us and uh, walked among us. Like the disciples said, hey, we touched him and in First John chapter 1, right? In John chapter 1. But they deny all that and they say, no, 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 he was actually spirit. He was a ghost, basically, right? And, and so there was that. There was asceticism. There was Gnosticism. Um, and these doctrines that were creeping into the church and bringing heresy, false doctrine uh, to people in the church. And so that's why Paul wrote this letter to combat against that kind of stuff. And so we see four reasons why Paul was thankful for this guy, right? Here in verses 7 and 8. Uh, number one was because, well, look at verse 7. He was a teacher. He was a teacher. It says in verse 7, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, right? You learned. How did you learn from him? Well, he taught, right? He was teaching the word of God. And so he, the word learn comes from the root word uh, manthano, right? We get our English word disciple, right? Epaphras was discipling them. He was teaching them. He was training them. He was equipping them for the work of the ministry. This whole idea of making disciples, guys, it's huge. Uh, turn to Matthew 28, actually. Let's go... A little bit over here. Matthew 28, um, it's called the Great Commission. It's really the Great Commandment, if you think of it. Um, but because of this whole idea of discipling, it's not optional as a believer. If you're a believer and you don't even know what this means, you got to know what it means. Some, some get hung up and only preaching the gospel every day at church. And uh, although that is important, the, the, the church needs to mature. They need to grow, right? They, they can't just be babies, right? Sucking on our thumbs all day uh, for the believers. The gospel itself is amazing. But the problem is that they don't grow. They don't mature because they're not being discipled. We got to be discipled. If you're a believer, you got to have, the Bible make, makes it very clear, go to the older, right? Uh, men, go to the older men. Women, go to the older women and get discipled through the word of God. And you know how I do it? Well, I used to do it a lot too. Just go into the coffee shop and just say, well, let's just read, right? And we'll just read. You read this verse and I'll read the next verse, right? And we'll just do a chapter. Let's go to the next chapter. Let's go to the next chapter. And anything that kind of stands out, they got any questions, Right? I'm there for him. You don't have to be a professor or anything to be a disciple, a rabbi, right? Um, you, just, you just give the word and see what the Lord does. Be used by the Lord. Uh, but look, look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. 
Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen, right? So in this great commandment of Jesus Christ, there's only one imperative, if you will, the only one command, right, in the, in the Greek language there. But that, that's to make disciples, right? In King James, it says to teach all nations. And so the question is, how do we, how do we make disciples? Well, uh, here in our text, there's three participles that tell us how to make disciples. Uh, the participles in our English language Typically, uh, typical words that end with ed or um, what is it, ing, right? And so that's what we have here. First is by what? Going. Just going. Second is by baptizing. Third is by teaching. Jesus said, go, right? That's the first thing, that the first participle, if you will, or, or a command that we have. And that's why we go out to work. We go to school. We go to wherever we're going, right, at these outreaches. That's our heart is, is the readiness of prepared to give the gospel. So know the gospel, right? Secondly is by baptizing them. And I personally take this serious. I don't baptize people right away if they're like, hey, can you baptize? Yeah, sure. Bloop, right? <laughs> I, I make sure that they know the gospel. I'll take time and, uh, and, and go through the word with them. If I know that, that you know, um, they're going to be baptized. And I know we have a baptism coming up and I want to make sure you guys know the gospel, right? Otherwise you're doing some religious thing and it's not doing you anything, right? You're just having a little dip in the pool. But it's so important that we baptize um, each other. And so um, by teaching, let's come to the third thing. We're to teach the word of God, right? And that's what this fellowship is all about. That's why when you come here, it, we just say what? Now turn to you, right? And turn your Bible to, what are we doing? We're just teaching the Bible, that's it. And, and that's all we do. Everything else flows from that because that's all you need to know, right? You don't need to know anything else. Just know the word of God. And so you are to search the scriptures daily for yourselves. Guys, don't, don't believe everything I tell you, right? The Bible makes it very clear. Acts chapter 17, 11, these are my superheroes. I love the Bereans, right? They, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they, were, they received the word with all readiness. And they searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Let's, let's take notes on this guy, right? Let's prove, let's go through scripture and see if this, what this guy is saying is actually what scripture says, right? And if it is, well, that was edifying, right? Now we can grow, now we can mature, now we can, right? But that's what we ought to be doing daily. You're to test all things by scripture. First Thessalonians um, chapter 5 to see whether it is true or not, right? And so notice Jesus, by the way, never said only pastors are to baptize uh, did you guys catch that? Uh, we're all commanded by Jesus to baptize. There's no excuses. It's okay. You have that authority, and, and it says how to do it, which is interesting. Now, I know I'm going against our worldly tradition, right, and, and uh, that's just the way the church has done it, and that's how we're going to do it, but let's just talk biblical here. I mean, we just got done talking about searching the scripture daily, right? Um, look it up. Check it out. It's amazing. But in the end... Um, think about it in our lives. Did we finish well? 
guys, I, I don't know about you, but I want to finish well. Did I do what God has told me to do as a believer? And finish what? What God required of us to do here on earth. And this is a little list, uh, uh, you know, uh, that we could be in his will to do practically. And did we give the gospel? Did we baptize them? Did we disciple them? Right? Did we train them up? And so, good questions to know. Look at Colossians chapter 1. Go back there with me if you're far away from it. Um, The second reason Paul gave uh, thanks to God for Epaphras was because he was a server. Notice in verse 7, it says, as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servants. Uh, And I I just stop there. Our dear fellow servant. What a great thing it is to be called that, right? Our fellow servant, sundolos, right? That's a compound word. Soon meaning with and doulos meaning slave. And so Paul simply saying Epaphras is a slave with me. He's a slave like me, right? And slaves, man, they have they have uh, no will of their own. They're slaves. They're not the boss, right? You're a slave. They have no rights. A slave is in total subjection, so total submission, right, to their master. And a lot of you are faithful at serving the Lord, and it's such a blessing. Your, your heart is like in Isaiah chapter 6, right, where it's, Lord, here I am. Send me, right? And that's a beautiful thing. I love that. Um, but Epaphras was also a faithful minister, uh, notice in verse 7, it says, he who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. Now, minister is diakonos, right? It's, a, it's where we get our English word for deacon, right? In, in the, in the uh, waiter, basically. And one who waits on the physical needs of others, right? This is the tangible, um, physical type of things, right, uh, that are practical and um, I thought about this, and I realized this is something I noticed in all of you guys, right? You guys have that. You guys are serving one another in different areas, in different ways, and it's just, it's an amazing, amazing gift of God, and continue to use that gift, right? The gift that God has given you, bless the Lord, minister to the Lord before you minister to people, because if you're doing people first, you got it all messed up, right? Now, we're, to, we're here for the Lord, amen, church? And secondly, people will be ministered if you're ministering onto the Lord and you're doing it for the Lord. Well, let's end with the last verse here. Epaphras, he's also a declarer or a a proclaimer, if you will. Uh, Notice in verse 8, it says, Who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. And so he was constantly declaring the love that this church in Colossae had, right? By the power and the work of the Spirit of God. And, and what an encouragement that must be, have been to Paul, right? By the way, that, this, the fruit of the Spirit was manifested in them. You guys know Galatians chapter 5, right? We kind of, if we went to children's ministry, you kind of know it. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such, there is no law. So when you look at that verse, you realize there's, there's only one fruit of the Spirit. Did you guys catch that? It's, it's into the, the fruit word, the word there is singular, by the way. So everything else just emphasizes what love is. Really, there's only one fruit, right? I always kind of like, oh, when I hear pastors, the fruit's of the spirit right it's like oh man come on like I'm a little kid and I knew that right Um, but 
Um, that noun, it's a noun, and it's singular. But it, so everything else just emphasizes what love is. It's the work of the Spirit of God in and through us. It's not our work that can perform or become or, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce some fruit here, guys, right? It's just, something else is going to come out. It's not fruit, right? Um, be careful. Don't, don't work in the flesh. It's nasty. Um, but guys, let's just stand up. I hope you guys are encouraged. Uh, there's so much to go through here in Colossians. Uh, and I, I thank the Lord that he is faithful and that he knows all things. And, um, and he knows what he's doing with you guys, right? Things are going to get tough, but we're, what are we called to do? Occupy. Be faithful in where God has you. And, and allow the love of God to just abound in your hearts. Because right now, guys, the harvest is ready. Amen. Have you guys noticed that? Just uh, talking to anybody, they're open, guys. Let's let's go get them, right? And let's give them the the, the word. And so let's give them Jesus. Let's pray. Um, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you again, Lord, that uh, oh, it's only by you, Lord, that we can do anything. And because of that, Lord, we pray and we ask for your grace. Lord, we need your grace. We need your peace in our lives. Lord, the, the work of the ministry is your work, Lord, and uh, we can't do that in the flesh. And so I pray that you would, uh, Lord, help us to conform to your word. Lord, help us to get in your word, and I pray your word transforms our mindset and the things that we think, the things that we do. Uh, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us, and that you uh, would do that work. And we just thank you, Father, that... Um, it was you who begun that good work in us, and it's you who will complete it to the very end. And so we thank you, Lord, that you're powerful, that you're living, um, and we just, we love you, Father. We pray that you would uh, bless everybody here that goes their way, those who are listening. Uh, Lord, that you would just continue just to show your kindness toward us, Father, by your grace, and um, I pray that you bless us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Beautiful thing, I love that. Um, but Epaphras was also a faithful minister. Uh, notice in verse 7, it says, he, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. Now, minister is diakonos, right? It's, a, it's where we get our English word for deacon, right? In, in the, in the uh, waiter, basically. And one who waits on the physical needs of others, right? This is the tangible, um, physical type of things, right? Uh, that are practical and um, I thought about this, and I realized this is something I noticed in all of you guys, right? You guys have that. You guys are serving one another in different areas and different ways, and it's just, it's an amazing, amazing gift of God, and continue to use that gift, right? The gift that God has given you, bless the Lord, minister to the Lord before you minister to people, because if you're doing people first, you got it all messed up, right? Uh, we're, to, we're here for the Lord, amen, church? And secondly, people will be ministered if you're ministering onto the Lord and you're doing it for the Lord. Well, let's end with the last verse here. Epaphras, he's also a declarer or a, a proclaimer, if you will. Uh, notice in verse 8, it says, Who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. And so he was constantly declaring the love that this church in Colossae had, right? By the power and the work of the Spirit of God. And, and what an encouragement that must be, have been to Paul, right? By the way, that, this, the fruit of the Spirit was manifested in them. You guys know Galatians chapter 5, right? We kind of, if we went to children's ministry, you kind of know it. Um, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love. 
joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such there is no law. So when you look at that verse, you realize there's, there's only one fruit of the Spirit. Did you guys catch that? It's, it's into the, the fruit word, the word there is singular, by the way. So everything else just emphasizes what love is. Really, there's only one fruit, right? I always kind of like, oh, when I hear pastors, the fruits of the Spirit, right? It's like, oh, man, come on. Like, I'm a little kid, and I knew that, right? Um, but... Um, that noun, it's a noun, and it's singular. But it, So everything else just emphasizes what love is. It's the work of the Spirit of God in and through us. It's not our work that can perform or become or, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to produce some fruit here, guys, right? It's just, something else is going to come out. It's not fruit, right? Um, be careful. Don't, don't work in the flesh. It's nasty. Um, but guys, let's just stand up. I hope you guys are encouraged. Uh, there's so much to go through here in Colossians. Uh, and I, I thank the Lord that he is faithful and that he knows all things. And, um, and he knows what he's doing with you guys, right? Things are going to get tough, but what are we called to do? Occupy. Be faithful in where God has you. And, and allow the love of God to just abound in your hearts. Because right now, guys, the harvest is ready. Amen. Have you guys noticed that? Just uh, talking to anybody, they're open, guys. Let's let's go get them, right? And let's give them the, the, the word. And so let's give them Jesus. Let's pray. Um, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you again, Lord, that uh, oh, it's only by you, Lord, that we can do anything. And because of that, Lord, we pray and we ask for your grace. Lord, we need your grace. We need your peace in our lives. Lord, the, the work of the ministry is your work, Lord, and uh, we can't do that in the flesh. And so I pray that you would, uh, Lord, help us to conform to your word. Lord, help us to get in your word and pray your word transforms our mindset and the things that we think, the things that we do. Uh, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us, and that you uh, would do that work. And we just thank you, Father, that um, it was you who begun that good work in us, and it's you who will complete it to the very end. And so we thank you, Lord, that you're powerful, that you're living, um, and we just, we love you, Father. We pray that you would uh, bless everybody here that goes their way, those who are listening. Uh, Lord, that you would just continue just to show your kindness toward us, Father, by your grace. And um, I pray that you bless us, Father. Yes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.